Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. After the horrific events in Israel and Gaza, um, which started nine days ago, oil prices shot up over fears that the conflagration might spread to other oil producing regions. They retreated by the end of last week, but energy and energy dependence hasn't gone away. Ireland's best hope is, of course, renewables, but they are not easy to switch on and off. So let's chat about how we will power our companies and our homes with Robert Maxwell with the energy consultants DNV. Good morning, Robert. Good morning. Market, uh, markets did remain calm last week. There was a fear that there would be a huge surge in the value of oil per barrel, but it didn't happen. Exactly. Yeah, I think last week, Joe, was really quite representative of what we've seen for most of this year. I mean, we've seen a lot of volatility and coming in last Monday morning, we saw risk premiums up around three to four dollars per barrel. But that quickly fizzled out over the ensuing days. Of course, as you mentioned, this is due to the Israel Hamas conflict. But people, market participants came to the realization that, in fact, this has had little impact on physical supplies so far. The reality is that Israel produces very little crude oil. Yes, their refinery capacity is around 300,000 barrels per day. For Irish context, it's about four times our own. But the two big factors here, as you point out, is contagion concerns. The first is the strategic geographic location of of the Strait of Hormuz, representing about 40% of world exports going through. And the second factor is Iranian production itself, hovering currently around 3.2 million barrels per day. That's give or take around the third largest producer in OPEC at the moment, up about 20% in just the last six months. And most of this oil is going to China. So China has a very important role here as well, representing about three quarters of global demand growth too. Now, Iran, as you say, is a very interesting player in all of this. Um, uh, As you say, it produces a huge amount of the world's output. They've been speaking over the weekend and they've been doing a little bit of verbal sabre rattling. um, That has sparked a response from the US as well. So it is a little bit worrying to see what happens now this week. It is. No, I think... I think it's unlikely that we see uh, a step up in sanctions on Iran from the US unless we have Saudi Arabia agreeing to replace some of these lost Iranian barrels. The context here really is OPEC, as we know, has become the central bank of oil markets. Uh, Comparing this, let's say, with with 50 years ago, they say history never repeats itself, but it often rhymes. And I Mm. think 50 years ago, for example, the context was quite different. Prices tripled in quick succession. We had no spare capacity back then. Today, we have about 5 million barrels per day of OPEC plus withholding from the market, representing roughly about 5% of global supply, depending on whether or not you believe the nameplate capacity of some of these OPEC players. The second factor then is demand, Joe, as well. Back then, demand was surging. Today, we have, yes, we do have strong demand. The IMF came out last week and updated 2.3 million barrels per day of global oil demand growth this year. But it's moderating into next year of below a million barrels per day. And that's really down to two reasons. Number one is, as you pointed out earlier, the concerning global macro picture. The IMF came out last week cutting their global growth forecasts. From an Irish standpoint, inflation is still sicky, roughly around 6.5% last month. But the second factor then as well is seasonality. And we're coming into a softer period, into winter, Joe. Gasoline prices have come off quite strongly. Refinery maintenance or turnaround schedules is beginning. And margins have taken a bit of a hit as well. Okay. Um, I mentioned that renewable energy is so important for the future and to wean everyone off the dependence on fossil fuels. 
you look at the entire energy sector, is the switch to renewable sources, whether that's wind, wave, solar or whatever, is that happening quick enough and is it going to replace fossil fuels with the targets set by, by the European Union and other big um, uh, global bodies? Sure. Well, firstly, these things can never happen quick enough. I mean, we at DNV, we, we issued our flagship energy transition outlook uh, just last week, and we cite this big electrification trend, which is likely to continue. We see global electricity production more than doubling between today and 2050. And really, that's driven by energy additions across wind and solar, which we see multiplying by about 10 times and 17 times, respectively, between today and 2050. We strongly believe technology is there for a path to net zero. When you look at low carbon fuels, hydrogen, CCS, all these developments. But it is fair to say that regulation and incentives need to play catch up, particularly in this environment of supply chain challenges, inflation pressure, and of course, the and of course, the cost of capital, which for a lot of these renewable projects has increased by about 50 percent or so. From an Irish context, Joe, I do think there are some very encouraging green shoots. Just last week, we had the budget, a new infrastructure, climate and nature fund to be set up. We have very ambitious offshore wind capacity uh, targets of seven gigawatts by 2030. And finally, from a green energy procurement standpoint, we've seen a number of very interesting power purchase agreements signed in recent months involving some of the big multinational national tech firms, and very importantly, from an Irish standpoint, some indigenous Irish businesses across food and hotel space too. So you'd be glass half full that we would be able to achieve this? Yeah, I think so. I think I think there's certainly room for optimism there. There's some very strong efforts which are underway. Yes, more needs to be done. I do think that regulation and incentives piece in particular, the technology is there. We have a lot of experts working on many of these uh, low carbon fuels and uh, power grids. Um, however, I do think that uh, more needs to be done in terms of addressing this cost of capital and supply chain issues in the marketplace. Robert, thank you so much for joining us uh, as ever. That's Robert Maxwell from the Consultants DNV. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.